This is the ninth episode of On That Note. I am here with Yomi, who is a Chicago-based harpist, producer, composer, singer, bass player, everything. Um, very, very talented human being. I'm very excited to be sitting down and talk, talking with her. Um, where I wanted to start was with your song, Shokuju. Did I say that right? Shokuji. Shokuji. Ah, why do I want to put a U at the end? Um, and so... That song kind of starts off with that like A flat major to G minor chord progression, um, like really, really like kind of a lullaby. Is that on the harp? Yeah, I think. I don't remember what it goes to. Yep. I was a. Uh, yeah, it was on the harp. I did a lot of chopping up with that. Okay. Of um, recording harp and then slicing it into MIDI and then like breaking it up on the. On the keyboard. <laughs> okay, and when you do, when you chop a harp sample, what, like, why do that instead of just playing the harp? What what effect does it give you that you like? Um, so, a beautiful thing about harps is that it will resonate almost until you tell it not to, so I'm a big fan of clamping my chords, mm -hmm. but even still, there's like a ring, yeah. even still there's something that sticks around, so when I chop it up, I can uh, kind of get rid of that, and so my goal with production originally before I fell in love with just producing in general was to see how many ways I could flip the sound of a harp so that's really cool <laughs> I, I would not have thought of that um, obviously because I never played harp but <laughs> that's a really interesting uh, like solution to that resonance kind yeah. of dilemma that you, you encountered that's cool um, and then so you take those chords um, the uh, the melody that comes over top of it it sounds like very 8-bit music gamey um, or video game music E, and um, where did that? Did the chords come first, and then the melody over the top, or vice versa? Or do you remember? I'm trying to remember. So I made this song in my friend's garage. Uh, we set up. He um, he edits films, and mm. I was producing. So we had our stations right next to each other on this giant desk, and. It was a lot of back and forth with like, I would say, I wouldn't say he co-produced, but he gave me a lot of like input mm -hmm. as I was producing and I was like helping him with color correction <laughs> and uh, so trying to remember is goofy, but mm -hmm. we, it was definitely, those chords probably came first just to kind of give something to ride on and I'm, I'm I think almost immediately uh, I chopped because the, the melody on, on harp is, on top is the harp chop. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure that came almost immediately, and I really liked that glitchiness yeah. that it gave you. So that's an affected harp as well. Yeah, that was harp through MIDI. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's that's really cool. Yeah, because it it sound it sounds very uh, programmed, but that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and so you seem in general, um, and we'll talk about the the other song too. But in general, you seem very very comfortable sitting on a set of changes for a long time and using more like textural developments within the song. Um, so why and when did that come about? Uh, interesting. I feel like I really wanted to, when I first started producing, and I feel like probably when anybody first starts producing, you get really used to these loops, mm -hmm. and two minutes can be the same loop, mm -hmm. you know, eight bars forever. And as much as I didn't mind that, and I still don't mind that because there's something nice and meditative about like repetitiveness. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to create movements within that. Mm -hmm. So being able to have like 
a constant heart chords coming through and like the midi chop on top but then like very slowly bring in what I think was just a software instrument but I brought in this like kind of electric guitar noise that just mm-hmm. like rumbles low and then like swells and then like kind of carries you into where like the song changes mm-hmm. you know so I was just starting to think about how do I take that like standard looping that all of us producers do and kind of create my own movements within that like why make three different 45 second songs when you can have one song that just has a lot of movements that mm-hmm. you can just tie something like have something that ties it all together yeah um, and that's great that sets the stage cool for when we talk about um, Go Home Baby that you just released because that I, I definitely sense that same kind of loop but shifting it dramatically via other things on top of that bass line um, but um, you also in that song have the like the samples of like crowd noise it sounds like kind oh, of yeah. and then there's the Japanese speaker on top of it as well yeah. um, and so you definitely use those as well to create change within uh, a loop so where did that come about and why um the, it started with the um, Japanese woman speaking. She was just uh, Google Translate. Mm-hmm. And I was just like writing out just like kind of thoughts and poems that mm-hmm. I had and, and having her say them just in a way of wanting to get these thoughts out there but not feeling comfortable of me singing it or saying it, especially over this song because I really liked the direction it was headed and I don't always feel like um, a song needs a vocalist, or if it does, I don't always think it needs me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted it to be her speaking these thoughts, and it's all like love will save the world things that she's saying. Okay. Uh, but then the chanting coming through is just kind of like the people, you know, them kind of people agreeing with her almost. Okay. Like, like yeah, you know, like, we're okay. here with this. You know, it's like a unified feeling, and then it just drops into this like ridiculousness at the end yes. but the having the, the 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 end of that song was actually a, a like a Japanese boy soccer game that I sampled okay so it was like they had just won and they were like shouting and screaming so that felt like an appropriate response to everything that had happened prior <laughs> that's cool um yeah that's really interesting I would not have like put that together that's that's a that's an interesting idea of of having the words spoken in a different language like that. That's cool. Um, And then, yeah, the outro, it shifts from, like, a very dreamy kind of suspended two-chord kind of vamp thing into, like, I think it switches from A flat major to an A flat minor kind of vibe and much more um, dark. Yeah. um, Heavy bass comes in and then a harp just kind of shreds on top and these boys are screaming. (laughs) Uh, Definitely a little bit more ominous vibe at the end. Uh, And so why did you feel like it needed that outro and and how did it come about? Um, So for me, making music is always very much like due to my environment, myself, like what's going on. Mm -hmm. So... At that point in the song, we had been in this garage producing this song, and he was producing his film for like six or eight hours. We had just been in there, and finally it's like evening time, and I think he, my friend had some whiskey involved, and so we were drinking that, and all of a sudden, like, I just start doing the bass line, and I was like, I really like this. I really like this, but I don't want this to be a whole song. Mm -hmm. And so, like, how, like, it just felt right to, like, transition into that. And 
I don't know. I at that time in my life, and it's something we, you move you move around with like ways that you made songs. But I feel like when I was making that song, um, it ended up on this mixtape I have called That Harpist, and I was listening to that mixtape for the first time probably all year the other day. And in a lot of my songs, just right at the end, I switch it up, mm-hmm. and I noticed that I haven't been doing that as much anymore. But it's it's just kind of fun that like you're already hooked and you're already in this space so to just kind of be able to like not like play with like the uh listeners emotions but to just kind of be like and here's this you know because you're already in it and Uh you're not going to wait for the next song to bring you there you know got it that's cool um yeah and so was that song all done in one day yeah wow yeah awesome that's crazy yeah yeah, that's really crazy. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, and then switching gears to talk about the single you just put out on the 28th. You So that song starts off with a pretty cool bass line. Uh, was that just something you jammed on and figured out? Or how did, how did it, uh, how was it created? Okay, so I've only been playing bass for like officially a year now. Mm-hmm. I think I came up with that bass line in like the first two months I was playing. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you why. Because <laughs> it is the easiest possible it's all the first three notes are all open so if you're not playing bass and you don't know where to start and like it's taken me so long to understand like how to maneuver around like harps are a b c d e f g and you have these little levers that give you half steps yeah Bases are set up completely different. <laughs> so my brain is like, okay, my fingers know how to hang out on the strings. Like, I can press down. I have the dexterity. But what am I doing? Mm-hmm. So I was able to start with the open, which you can't really probably hear. But I started just with open notes. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, hurt, like fiddled around. Yeah. So this was, like, month one or two of playing bass. Mm-hmm. And I was like... There's something beautiful about how simple this is mm-hmm. and how groovy this is. And it originally was just like an eight bar loop in Ableton for probably six or seven months. And I called it the Seinfeld groove because mm-hmm. it was just like me trying to yeah. <laughs> slap the base of it. Um, but I, I don't know. I always find something beautiful when someone who doesn't know how to play an instrument tries. Like I love when mm-hmm. people who don't play a harp try to play my harp because they come at it at such a different direction mm-hmm. than me that the simple things that they're playing will end up being like so beautiful and I'm sitting here trying to come up with these like masterpieces that are like yeah but those two notes sounded really nice together yeah. so why am I like whatever so with bass and with that song it just started with hey here's some open notes maybe if I press this fret I don't know what it means it'll sound cool mm-hmm. and, and then I just rolled with it <laughs> yeah that's really um that's really cool and poignant in that like yes I've definitely seen seen times where like you give somebody something who's just starting and you're like man they're better than I am already like, yeah. <laughs> like they get it I, I don't just get played it they like get three it. notes and yeah. you're like <laughs> yes <laughs> that's what I was looking for that simple bass line kind of was that the first part of that song that you came up with um I'd say the bass line probably came first and then just the, the phrase go home maybe I had been saying it jokingly for like six or seven months before mm-hmm. I even wrote the song <laughs> it'd be like I'm, I'm at a show and there's some person there who's been like hitting me up on Instagram who I'm just really not trying to talk to mm-hmm. and then they're really close by and I'm with my girls and I'm like he needs to go home baby he needs to go home <laughs> 
So, like, it was just a goofy thing I was saying on my own for a while, and then it just turned into one of those things where, like, we were saying it enough, and it was, like, a goofy thing going on enough that I was like, well, if this is our, like, mini anthem, maybe mm -hmm. I can, like, bring that to a larger scale. And it just took having more inspiration from goofy people via the internet for me to really build the song together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we're in a, a, a day and age where people say and do and act completely different online than they would in person. And I'm sure everybody has this experience. I know or I feel like a young woman probably have it a little bit more. I'm sure. And then especially you're putting yourself out there as a musician and putting yourself out there as an artist and then you're just really opening the door for people to be really silly yeah. <laughs> so go home baby was like my response to that <laughs> that's good yeah that makes sense i i am sure um that yeah <laughs> i'm sure yeah. um and so then it moves on it kind of does like that first verse section um and then it goes into like a little sample chop on just the down yeah um what are you using to trigger that specifically is that your elisis that yeah. you're using okay yeah yeah um and then why that word mm. Because I, like, I really liked how I said, or I really liked when I was coming to and singing the, the down, mm -hmm. and I, I have like a little melody that I like, or our harmonies that I put when I was talking about how they were only hitting me up because they wanted me to go down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to hear what me saying that word sounded like. So it was purely for like, Aesthetic's the wrong word, but it was purely just for, I, I, I was interested in hearing how that sounded like. I have fun playing around with my vocals um, in Ableton because it's really easy to take anything and sample it. I'm sure that's true for anything else, mm -hmm. but Ableton's the software I use. So I, I take the time to just hear what a lot of things would sound like pitched often, and I uh -huh. throw away 75% of it, but I really just liked that I could see myself dancing to it I could see mm -hmm. like a remix juke beat with like that down being like pretty prevalent mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> and that yeah there's there's a word too because you when you say the word down you sing the downward melody I forgot what the word is all my professors would be mad at me but there's a word for like when what you're singing like the melody reflects the actual word that you're singing oh cool. I can't remember what it is I'll mm -hmm. look it up later but uh so I did notice that too um, and then it, it transitions uh, into kind of like there's that really invasive synth noise that comes in. Um, what is that and where where did it come from as well? That was definitely... Uh, so I don't have too many like plugins and stuff in Ableton. Mm -hmm. So it's probably a stock, a stock sound that I took the time to just... I, I, I like to, you know see mm -hmm. if there's a way you could make it not a stock sound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I definitely was playing around with some effects on that and then when I like started just playing it on the keys with the beat in the background, I was like, this is getting funky. Yeah. I really like this. I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> I don't normally make funky music or well I don't normally have anything in mind when I'm making music. So mm -hmm. when you when you're able to finally get a taste of like a genre that mm -hmm. like your production is leaning towards it's like okay let's go there <laughs> uh, and then it ends with the very like you, you change from a, a more i mean you're singing but it's a more conversational tone into like that very like pretty harmonized kind of outro section um and in that sense there's that change kind of in the shift but it's still over the same loop of the baseline um so 
why did you feel like it needed that at the end? Oh, just like singing, singing at the end. Yeah, the kind of descending, uh, whatever key it's in. It starts on a B, I remember that. Yeah, um, it's, I don't know, I, I feel like, so, so that song was one of those things that hadn't come together. I had pieces of it for months that was like, the bass line's over here, I'm jokingly saying this, I had like, uh probably like a demo at one point in February where I was really just saying go home baby and I think I had like just the first half of like the first verse um and then I sat down uh and it was after just like another incident happened where it was just like geez Louise what is everybody out here doing go home I came home and that song was just another thing that kind of fell together in one sitting because I'm the kind of person that if I'm starting a song, if it takes 10 hours to finish it, I will probably not leave this chair for 10 hours. <laughs> and so I just sat down and I started writing all of the things. And it was just, I, I like movements. I like changes. I'm like, I'm not a rapper. So to like keep that talking going on mm-hmm. throughout the whole song just doesn't feel right to me. And then adding in that vocal and like how I'm singing it and everything just kind of felt like final words to like whoever and that it's like okay it doesn't have to be aggressive like this whole song doesn't have to be aggressive Mm -hmm. it's just kind of getting the thoughts out and having different ways to present it whether it's talky whether it's when I'm kind of chopping my own vocals up in the middle talking about someone in my DMs Mm. or when it's at the end and I'm singing it it's like all kind of generally saying the same thing but it's like here I just said it to you in three different ways I get it so if you're if you're still confused Mm -hmm. (laughs) now that's your problem yeah uh, and then the last thing from that song I do want to ask about too because the drum did did you uh program the drums on that as well because the drum beat is really interesting because it's got that like steady one two three but then the last snare is on the uh of the four where it's like one two three four and one yeah and that's a really cool vibe where um where did that come from and 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 how did it fit in with the song um i want to say that when i was building the drums for this song i was trying to be inspired by missy elliott okay uh i love her and i don't think uh well, I think she gets enough credit, but she could always get more credit. You know, she's awesome. But uh, I was just trying to, like, kind of bring it back to, like, what's, like, like simple enough. Like, I didn't want to have, like, too much going on in the drums, but, like, where where does just, like, nudging things and moving, like, just these sounds, like, what space can that put you in? Mm-hmm. You know? So it was, like, I probably, I think I spent a lot of time just on that drum loop, just sitting in it and, then like, hearing the snare here and being like, eh, it's moving. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm liking this feel here. Okay, let's get that weird like cowboy bell, whatever. It sounds like some like <laughs> some sort of hand percussion comes in in the middle section. Like, yeah. is it like a bongo or a conga? Like some sort of sample like that. Yeah. Um, unless you're actually playing the bongo. No, no, no. Okay. Sample, <laughs> sample, sample. Um, and then I usually so the other thing I like to do um, is uh, there's two questions I usually ask everybody, which is like. Um, what was your musical education process like? Like, how did you learn to be able to do all of these things? Okay. Um, mainly, I, I mean, I was classically taught from eight years old till like, 14 okay. or something, 15. And then I stepped away from that, and it's all been, like, 
self-taught or friend-taught since mm-hmm. then. Um, I stepped away from the heart for a bit, and when I came back to it, it was like, okay, classical music wasn't working out for me and like my connection to this thing. But once I started writing my own music, it was like, oh, this is this is my girl. This is my mm-hmm. this is my thing. And so I came to Chicago and I really or came back and I really started hustling myself as like a studio musician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anywhere I could, if people were having shows, if I could tell that in their like even live sets that they were like with instruments, if they're like, playing on a drum pad, if they're doing something that shows that they have any like production anything. I would reach out to them and say, like, hey, I'm a harpist. If you ever want me to just plug into what you got, we can figure things out. So really quickly, I started working with just a ton of musicians and producers in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I made it known that I was here to learn. And so I'd ask a lot of questions. So, like, production-wise, like, I've always, like, kind of just stared over people's shoulders while they were working. And then I finally had a friend... Um, gift me Ableton mm-hmm. uh, and so then I just started mainly working with producers who were in Ableton for a bit to really kind of see you know what, how and what I can learn and so it started with classical training which just taught me how to get my hands on a harp and how do I hold it and how do I move and like I learned a lot of good like practices and like exercises for like my downtime from that but now I feel like all of like my roots in music are like just via my own teachings and my friends. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the other question I like to ask is like, what do you feel like music has given you? What have you gained from it? So much. <laughs> the music has given me a purpose. It's given me a community. It's given me an outlet for anything and everything from like your best day to your worst day to this silly dude in your DMs, you mm-hmm. know? Like I, and it's also, I don't know, I, at one point in my life I um, studied fine art and I was actually doing like oil paintings and I was like just in a different space with creation mm-hmm. and moving into music, it's like, feels almost like a similar process but you're just like painting waves and you're just like, <laughs> how do I fill this room? So like with Shokuji it was just like, what how does this song feel and like I don't think I have what's it called uh, when you see colors oh synesthesia synesthesia I don't think I have synesthesia but I think I have a good imagination Mm -hmm. so when I'm like sitting with the song I really do kind of picture the space and the whatever and being able to put myself in that space or an audience or anyone in that space and then the connection that comes from that like there's it's like once you kind of find that thing that you love and you just go crazy with it, there's like infinite games, you mm-hmm. know? Every show I play, I connect with a new person, you know? Every time I put a song out there, I meet... As many goofy people are online, There's it's so cool how many people mm-hmm. get connected just from anything that you put out. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, everything. everything. <laughs> that sums it up. Yeah. Um, so, lastly, anything to plug? I know you, you mentioned that you might have a music video coming out soon. What do you got coming up? Um, yeah, so Go Home Baby has its very own music video. It's my first music video ever. Mm-hmm. And it's releasing on October 11th, which I'm really excited about pretty awesome. soon. Um, and from there... Once that's out in the world and I've like pushed that as much as I feel comfortable pushing that, I have a, a second uh, mixtape of... I've just had two... 
I spent all year making music and I've released like three songs. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of want to sit down and go through everything and, and, and get the good stuff together. And I'm just going to call it a mixtape because there's no cohesion. There's nothing, there's nothing that it's just going to be what it is, you know? Um, awesome. And then any live shows? I saw something on your Instagram about Navy Pier in November. Yeah, Navy Pier in no <coughs> November 10th. Uh -huh. um, it's a, a free show at 3 p.m. And I think it's like in the middle where everybody eats food. <laughs> you know, just a harp in the middle of a food court. Yeah, know? let's go. Harp and drums, like mm -hmm. hour-long like jazz jam set. It'll be very fun. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, anything else you got to add? Have a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. And thank you very much for sitting down with me. Uh, it was, you know, super fun to pick apart your music. Yeah. I've never talked to an, like a harpist in, in this kind of setting, so it was, it was really interesting. And then just to see how you have taken that knowledge and taken it all into this, like, uh, production direction is really cool. Thanks. Really cool. Thanks. It's really um, fun. <laughs> yeah, so thank you. Of course.